everyone. Welcome to Living the Vita Loco podcast. <laughs> what? Podcast. A retro. I just lost it. I lost it all the last podcast. Welcome to Living the Vita Loco podcast. Retro gaming podcast for some of your retro gaming needs. My name is Baz, I think. <laughs> And I'm rich and also slightly confused. Yeah, just um, I just started laughing from nowhere. I got, wow. the, I got, the, giggles. got the giggles. I got the giggles. For no reason whatsoever. I mean, it was probably from <laughs> I don't know. I don't know a previous a previous burp. But there you go. <laughs> you know, that's out there for the community to enjoy now. Good. So. <laughs> cool. So this is our forty eighth podcast. We're getting close to having one year of podcast, and I can already see it in Rich's eyes that it's... Does this mean that because of the length of a lot of them, we've basically been talking for at least 48 hours straight over the last year or so? Yeah, it feels like it. I mean, it does, yeah. It, it does feel <laughs> like, you know, like, I, I won't lie, there was definitely more of a zing around episode 20 than there is... <laughs> Just jaded. <laughs> Like I think we used to start our podcast with real like vigor and like yeah, some fun, and now it's just excited. like, no, oh, let's just fucking come no. on, let's get on with it now already. <laughs> like you know, remember it used to be really cool. Like we used to go around to each other's house, well, your house every two weeks. We used to see each other. And now it's like, oh fuck it, like you know, come on, <laughs> let's jog it in. Like you know, I mean, it's not for me. Like as in, but I imagine like when I knock on the door, you just think, can I put the latch on? <laughs> <laughs> just turn the lights off and pretend I'm not in. <laughs> I'll just seep in through the letterbox. Oh, God. <laughs> do that. That's probably what made me laugh at the stars. <laughs> the thought of seeping through my letterbox. <laughs> Jeez. Isn't that, isn't that a Finch song? I don't know. <laughs> feels like a Slipknot slip song of some kind. Probably. Fine. Um, so, um, sorry. I will stop laughing my head up in a minute. I'm going to take control of the situation. Garot me. Um <laughs> So, uh, this is our free play fortnightly episode. I said that okay, so I can stop laughing now. Uh, where we take a game, and I'm, I'm still going to go through this every single time. Yeah, I know, go for it. Um, because someone <laughs> new might listen. They might. Maybe. They won't, but they might. <laughs> but they, they won't. Have <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe in the future. Same 12 people. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, but you're all, you're all loyal, I think. I don't think it is the same 12 people, though. I, I, honestly, <laughs> I don't think it is. But, like, I think people see the games on the thing and they're like, I recognise that yeah. and we'll listen to it. I um, feel like that's a damning indictment of our podcast. If we've got, like, we've probably had, like, a thousand different people listen, but yeah, yeah, just yeah, everyone wants. Yeah, that's it. The <laughs> once is quite enough. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I still think that these first episodes, like the first six episodes where we couldn't really hear us because it was just in the background. Yeah, mm. Oh, yeah, we love that white noise podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that Beatles album that really you know, was different. Um, so this is our free play fortnightly where we take game each and we keep it secret from each other and then we bring it to the podcast, we review it and then we allow our co-host to give it a score that goes into our record of achievement um, in gaming terms. I think that's probably record the best. Record of achievement. We still have them in, in... Do we still have them in, in our country? Like uh, So... Let me try and explain this to people that are listening around the world or even in our own country. We had something called a record of achievement that was in a nice little red leather bound book that you would put extracurricular activities into around the time you were going to try and get into college or university. So it was almost like, oh, I've done this cooking course. I'll put it in my record of achievement. What an insane concept to do so. You're yeah, thinking you don't have one. I, I don't think I've got one. 
I think I've got one somewhere. If I find my record of achievement, I will bring it to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, do. Because <laughs> I, I would love to know what you achieved. I, mean, I don't know. Sorry, the way I said that makes it sound like I'm assuming it's nothing. Yeah, it's... well, it would have been nothing. Like, it's in the, and so far, that like you know, it's not like I've added anything else to my record of achievement in the last 25 years. Like, peaked early. Yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there'll be some absolute dross in there that I will have once sold to a university somewhere to say, pick me, pick me, you know. <laughs> Take my money. Um, so, yeah, this week, um, I, uh, before I reveal my game, asked Rich to have a little think about um, the evolution of uh, 2D platforming, uh, which I assume he's, you know, went, you know, went nuts on. Nah. Um, no? Okay, that's fine then. Well, that's okay. Uh, maybe he went ape oh. on it. No. Okay. Oh. oh. Maybe monkeys. <laughs> monkeys that rhyme with funky. Funky. Yeah, funky. Con- Yay! Yay! <laughs> God, that was laboured. You are. You used to. You used to love our segues. I thought it was okay. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. That was, that, that that was, was an all right, right one. As a segue. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was fine. Get it on the the list as a three out of ten segue. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you've done better that's what yeah, I'm right, saying okay. like, that's you know, like, I'm not I'm yeah. not, not going to go back and find them um, <laughs> so, <no. laughs> they're out there somewhere um, so, <laughs> right to us star 12 listeners yeah, yeah. If, if you happen to know <laughs> that's the best segue I've ever heard uh, so uh, yeah Funky Kong Funky Kong uh, first appeared in Donkey Kong Country I'm saying that like that's true and I think it is so I'm going to keep on saying it <laughs> In 1994 for the SNES, and that is the game that I am bringing to the table this week, which I'm hoping, nice. prior, you know, be, <laughs> rather than last week, which is full of shit and dross and, you know, an average game of Pursuit Force, uh, and an average time at the <laughs> Leeds video game market. Um, yeah, so I'm hoping this game has a bit more uh, spring in its step and, you know, has the vigour that we are now lacking. Uh yeah, what do I say about a game that is probably, I'd say, apart from Super Mario World, although at the other end of the spectrum when it was released, um, probably the one of the most notable games for the SNES. Um, I'd never played it before. I've oh, always full stop. Yeah, I'd always wanted to play it, um, but being a Sega boy, mm. um, even if I was that um, when I was growing up, um, and then straight into PlayStation, I, I never had, never owned a Nintendo. Uh, famously, never owned a Nintendo until. And a Wii, <laughs> like, and that's like you know that's that's your first Nintendo experience. Oh, this Wii's really kooky and fun. Everyone, all the Nintendo fans, are like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> um, so yeah, I I'd never played Donkey Kong Country before. Never picked it up on the Wii on the Nintendo Store, whatever that was called. Mm. Had a weird name, didn't it? What it wasn't called the Nintendo Store, was it? it was, I don't know. It's called the eShop now. But yeah, I, what, and and that's all I can think of. Yeah, it as, it's got a weird, weird name, isn't yeah. it? The the Wii Can't remember. shop and channel. Yeah, it, it's yeah. What? Why do we have channels? I don't understand. Anyway, coming back to something more important. <laughs> uh, so this game. So this was released in 1994, and like I was trying to say before, with Super Mario World, which was released in 1990, which I reviewed previously on the pod, and we ranked. Uh, I think you gave it a nine out of ten. Um, uh, so this is a 2D scrolling platforming game um, that was released uh, towards the end of the SNES's lifespan, and I think at the time when I read up about it, it actually helped ex- sort of extend the SNES a little bit further. That is, and I think it was probably going to 
that everyone thought was going to die and this game came out and everyone's like wow the SNES can still do stuff um and I can totally see that from playing this game that mm-hmm. is so kind of like what Pokemon did for the Game Boy kind of thing yeah pretty right. much yeah so right. Nintendo have form of yeah, taking an, an old alien console that has done well for it mm. and then dropping more absolute diamonds towards the end and even now they're doing it still with the Switch you know yeah. they're dropping it yeah. with you know Zelda and you know Mario Wonder um which we'll get to later uh so yeah it, and I can see why. So, you know, you, you, I blame Donkey Kong Country for people wanting more megabytes in terms of that. <laughs> because this being a 16-bit uh, game looks and sounds incredible. Just so crisp, so colourful. I couldn't believe when I put it on. You know, mm. and, and I, don't get me wrong, it might be a bit different. I did play it through... Um, Switch Online, so they might have brushed it up a little bit, but I don't think they have. I think it's an actual port of it. Um, but yeah, it looks looks brilliant, you know. And I was just like, wow, this is playing on the, the stairs. And I was like, and I remember games on the Sega at the time, thinking, oh, this is quite a good game and stuff. But I think um, I, I mentioned Micro Machines last time, and you know, I kind of think back to what that looked like, and that just looked like little stick cars, kind of like racing around a little stick course, and it was like, there was lots of colours to it, but, and don't, I fucking love Micro Machines, but it was very basic, mm. whereas this just, the colours are a little bit faded out, and I think that's probably been well documented before, but um, it, I don't really want to speak out of two sides of my mouth, it, like, what you would expect of the time, it looks brilliant. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. as in, so, but I think now that like, you kind of go, well, you know, it looks like a little bit older now, but certainly thinking back to what it would have been then, you think, mm. wow, this must be, no wonder it was such a revelation that everyone flooded to buy it or, you know, keep the SNES alive when you saw this happening. Um, and, you know, and things like, um, like collision detection and stuff, just so clean, just so clean. There's no cheap bullshit in this game. Mm. Like, as in, you know, like, you, you know, when you fucked yourself over and, and dropped a, an, <laughs> a monkey death that you didn't want to realize and you, you want back, especially when you really do want it back, which I'll get onto in a bit. But, um, you know, just it, you get around the levels like you expect to get around the levels. You press your button to jump and it jumps when it needs to jump and it lands where you expect it to land. And it's just like, well done. Well done you for just being a game that does what it should be doing. Uh, you know, in, in characters in this game, you know, I talked about Funky Kong. It, they're only in it for like a second, but Funky Kong, you know, and, and um, Cranky Kong and even Candy Kong, who um, really ignited some fires in me that I didn't expect <laughs> to be ignited. This is why we did this podcast. It's a voyage of self-discovery. It's fine. I- I shouldn't. You, mm, they're not bits that I want to discover. Like it's in like, that needs to go oh, back. Well, they're out there now. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to go back under a mossy rock somewhere. Uh, but you know, all the all the support cast are, are great, and and then let's go on to the best support cast of all, Diddy Kong. Um, so you can play as two characters and swap between them on the go, which is just uh, even though I spoke about the Simpsons doing that previous on the previous podcast, it's still quite a novel concept to be able to do that. Um, and I, in my head, have this part of the podcast labelled as hashtag don't keep on Kong, mm. don't keep Kong, because... Don't keep Kong. Yeah, because... Well, you're going to keep like, like a car. <laughs> <laughs> like, just run your is keys it, is along it like the Kong. Donkey Kong, don't, don't keep Kong. Kong. As in, like, yeah, don't, don't do Donkey Kong, just be Diddy Kong. 
Oh, just right. always oh, okay. plays Diddy Kong. Right. Like his okay. jumping ability is vastly superior to Donkey Kong in the game, and so you have that difference between them. Donkey Kong can pound the floor and pick up treasure. Don't give a shit about that. I want to be able to jump big gaps quickly. Yeah. That's Diddy Kong. So you know he, that's that, that's my advice for anyone playing this game. You, you know people might disagree, but definitely all the way with Diddy Kong. Um, it, you know, and the start of the game. Uh, it starts out as a, a sort of it almost reminds reminds me of Lion King like is in you know yeah, kind of like yeah, a, in a way yeah. um there's the, I think and there's a bit where you've got just like the monkey throwing you around, around in Lion King the barrel yeah. flying around that you can jump in the barrels you've got to direct the barrels in the right direction but I found that again nowhere near as cheap as the monkeys in Lion King no. the, you know, the, the you fire towards a barrel and the barrel knows you're coming like it's almost <laughs> like whereas the monkeys in Lion King knew nothing. <laughs> It's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> idiots! <laughs> Whereas if Diddy Kong had been in those trees, it had dealt with that shit, no bother. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, and rope levels as well, they're quite fun. There's quite a lot of sort of like rope hanging levels. Um, and the first 10 levels really lull you in with a false sense of, I'm doing okay at this game. I'm gaining loads of lives and nothing, <laughs> nothing bad is happening. And then you hit, like the minecart minecart level. Uh, I was gonna say Minecraft there. <laughs> the Minecraft levels. The minecart levels and the is it stop and go levels where you've got to hit a stop and go button and that makes like those weird monkeys with the red eyes, or is it the crocodiles with the red eyes? Like stop oh, and it go. Sounds like you got further than I ever did with it. Oh uh, so. yeah, no, so that that was like so I kinda like amassed a load of lives into yeah. that point. Um, probably like 20 lives, and I was like, all right, okay, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. This doesn't feel so bad. And then out of nowhere, there is just a spike. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, you're like, whoa, what? Like the mine, mine cart level, the collision detection on that, again, it's not cheap. It's just so precise. That is it. Yeah, and yeah. being trying to jump that car, you've just got to get it perfect. And to go back to that checkpoint every time where you're like, oh, fucking rinsing these lives all of a sudden. Mm. Um, you know, no wonder they were like, oh, have all these lives because you're going to need them. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that you really do feel that. And uh, I call it a spike. It kind of stays hard after that. <laughs> I'd say Difficulty plateau. It does stay hard. And it was one of those games that I felt for, for the first time in a long time. I was like, right, this is hard, but it's doable. And I can do this, and it's not cheating me. So stick with it and be better. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, yeah, yeah. and and it just felt like one of those games for you know, for the first time in a long time. Where I was like, I can be better, and I'm going to train to be better, and I'm and I'm not going to put it down because I'm like, oh, this is a bit hard and stuff like this. So on the flip side of games that and we just spoke about one last week, you know, oh, 15 fucking minutes ago, the Simpsons game. Uh, <laughs> you know, like still angry about it. Um, you know that it just cheating you out having a good time whereas this is like no like i'm pushing you to be a better person or a better gamer and i'm not trying to do it in a hard way you know mm-hmm. like uh so yeah i really appreciated that playing those games sort of in the first you know in, in the last couple of weeks and sort of seeing one that just does it right and one that does it wrong yeah uh, so that that was good to kind of have that and um, there um you know and, and we talked about um, games having really good trimmings before, and I always like using that word. Like, and this feels like our yeah. podcasting. Like, I don't really know what peripherals we would call that. Maybe around the main story. What? Oh yeah, no peripherals would be like accessories and stuff yeah. like that for the console, wouldn't they? So, so trimmings well, is you know yeah trimmings is a good yeah. good shorthand. Yeah, and yeah. I've already referred to a few of the supporting characters, but 
Um, you know, even just the feel like so. You know, and <laughs> again, I feel like I'm saying everything obvious, but it doesn't really matter because it's so good. Like the music, the music's just perfect in this game. Possibly even one of my favorite video game soundtracks ever. I think. Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking. Uh, along like Sonic Two Chemical Plant levels, like <laughs> bam, bam. And it's just like you know, like did Donkey Kong sort of theme music, you know, in general, uh, like and just having that, and you know, Cranky Kong just cracking his weird jokes and shit, and you know, with the nice music in the background, I just feel like I could just go and live on Kong Island <laughs> with these guys, you know. And again, that's probably where the weird Candy Kong fantasy kind of started drifting into. Yeah, but it is all starting to line and line. Yeah, started to seek through the letterbox. Uh, And (laughs) yeah, it's just, but yeah, just that's the best thing I say about this game is that I felt like I could live in it and it just does exactly what it should do. Like it doesn't outstay its welcome either. Like I think I've I've got probably in about four or five sittings, I'd say I've got about 70% of the way through the game, Mm -hmm. which, and I'm not a very good gamer. I feel like I've achieved something getting there. I, I'm going to be honest. I've kind of got, further than I've I've got to this it, point yeah. now where I'm like, I've got like three or four lives every time and I'm just like, I can't remember what level it is, but I'm like, I'm stuck on a level now. And I'm kind of like, I'm like, I haven't got time to finish it now. Like, do you know what I mean? I've got other things to play. But at the same time, I'm like, with what I've had, kudos, well done. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, as in, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to get on you about not, you know, being really hard at the end of the level or the end of the game. So... Yeah, I, I don't feel like a, you know. It feels like there's a lot wrong to say about this game, but um, uh, yeah, and and that, that started me thinking. And I, I guess we'll come back to grabbing a score off you in a in a bit. But it just got me thinking about the evolution of two D platforming games because I now have played Super Mario World in mm. it's not nineteen ninety, and I've played Donkey Kong Country in nineteen ninety four, and then. I've recently played. I've had you know the the joy of playing Super Mario Wonder, mm-hmm. and also in between, and actually in the last few weeks as well, uh, me and Oscar have been playing um, Super Mario Bros. Wii, and that's from two thousand nine. So actually, between Donkey Kong Country, then Super Mario Bros. New <laughs> Super Mario Bros. Wii uh, in two thousand nine, and um, Super Mario Wonder in 2023. They're kind of like spaced out like 14 to 15 years between each other. Mm. And I was a bit like, it's interesting to see if there has been any ev- evolution across those Nintendo platformers, like as in, and what's stuck and what's changed. Mm. Um, so uh, I just, like I say, it wasn't necessarily that you have to have much input here, but certainly I had, I had a few notes and I don't know if you want to say anything about them, but, yeah. um, you know, I, I found detect- detection and collision that is in so in terms of what the game actually feels like um mechanically all very similar very good and very crisp mm-hmm. um i don't feel like that's i feel like nintendo learned that once and just used yeah, just it didn't forever have to unlearn it yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like it's just done them really well over you know the last 30 years so um i thought that was interesting really it just felt really good everywhere um and I'm using this as a little bit of a sort of platform to sideload my opinions about Super Mario Wonder, which again aren't groundbreaking. You know, it's been nominated for Games of the Year and stuff last year. It's fucking brilliant. It's so good. Like, mm. it's, in, it's so loving. Like, it just feels like the game just takes care of you, like, and it gives you a big warm hug wherever you go. <laughs> like, whatever you're doing, if you're looking for a good game that plays really well, it gives you that. If you're looking for, you know, cutesy, 
quintessential Nintendo Mario. It gives you that. Have you played it yet? Yeah, yeah. 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 And what what do you feel that or? Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I do, and um, I think to go back quickly to what you were saying about the kind of evolution of two D platformers, I've, I've got to um, you know caveat it by saying like sure, there's you know Nintendo and, and I guess in Donkey Kong Country's case, rares um, examples um, beyond maybe Sega stuff, there's a plethora of 2D platformers that I haven't played. So, you know, take what I say with a pinch of salt. But I know there's a school of thought that reckons you have Mario World and then, like, no significant developments mm. until, arguably, Mario Wonder. Even then, they might turn around and say, well, actually, it's still variation on a theme. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that, you know, Wonder's big thing with giving you levels that change partway through you know, radically and, and multiple mm -hmm. parts and that kind of stuff. That's probably for me one of the bigger developments of 2D platformers and the kind of um, using the, the console's power rather mm. than just like you'll polish the graphics and the sound, obviously, but like putting that towards branching paths, different ways of approaching the same problem, mm -hmm. um, giving the player options and things like that, um, and you know, a bit more. Uh, interaction I guess mm -hmm. um, but as well I, I kind of conflate 2D platforms with things like your Metroidvanias and yeah. stuff like that and I know that purists would say that that's an utter load of bollocks but I think there is a, at least a degree of overlap you know you go especially last year when I was playing um, Castlevania um, Symphony of the Night you know if your platform skills are, are reasonably good you're going to have a much easier and better time with it than not. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think that there's there's a, a degree of overlap. So arguably one of the developments you could say would be, you know, not only the options for interaction and, and branching paths, but taking it one step further and making it more like a kind of free roaming experience mm -hmm. um, and all that kind of stuff. And then I guess more recently you add in like roguelike elements and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff as well. And you go into that rabbit hole of, well, genre lines and getting blurred and all that kind of stuff. So I don't think it's necessarily a quick and easy debate to, no. to have. Um, any which way you can. And that's it. why I invited you um, to have a quick and easy debate. <laughs> but it, it is, um, you know, something that I think Mario Wonder has kind of been a, a shot in the arm for Nintendo because I know they had like the um, that one that was on the Wii U, which I think I think was possibly the follow up to what you're playing on the Wii. The, the yeah, new so, Super yeah. Mario Bros. Yeah, so the new Super Mario um, Bros. for the Wii U. Yeah, um, that got ported to the Switch and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And I played that. And I was like, ah, oh, it just it's, it's very similar. It's a swing and a miss for me. Mm. Like there's just something about it that doesn't quite click. Um and then you go and play Wonder and you're like, oh it's clicking. I hear it clicking. <laughs> it's ah ha ha, right, yeah. they've got it, they've got it back. Um so that uh, and I don't know if it's just a kind of Nintendo 2D Mario thing or or what, it might be, but there is a a certain something, a secret source to it that is not a given, even for yeah. Nintendo. Yeah. Um, and I think part of what you're saying around the, the kind of crispness of the action, the responsiveness of the controls, mm -hmm. and feeling like you can actually, like even when it gets difficult, you still stand a chance. Yeah. I think that matters, and I think yeah. that's a big part of it. It really does. Um, you know, and I guess you were sort of talking about the blending of the genres there. I'm trying to think of things that I feel like have changed, but and they sound very much like basic building bricks of a game and you you know it might be different 
here, there, and everywhere. But for example, um, difficulty of games mm. has changed massively in terms of how they try to include more people. Yeah. Um, you know, It'll give you uh, options like Mario Wonder does. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, to go, go to the point where you can have have a Yoshi or an Abbot that mm. can't take any damage. But then even then, um, they give you five different types of abilities or you know nine different types of abilities you can have and then on top of that they give you more badges you can have on Mario Wonder to sort of do different things you know go invisible and stuff like as in mm. it just gives you so much more um but even like going back to uh Super Mario World and Donkey Kong Country you kind of get that two life sort of situation don't you where it's like you can you can die once like because you were big or you mm. had both Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong there you can get hit once and then Donkey Kong will, like, if you get hit, Donkey Kong will leave and you're just left with Diddy Kong. And you can get them, but you can get them back every so often. So just like you can get a mushroom back for Mario. Like, isn't it kind of gives you that, you're, you're too hit and done situation. Yeah. Whereas now it is like, so even going back to 2009's um, Super Mario on the Wii, like, they would give you, um, you'd have, still have that same mechanic, but in your menu, you'd be saving up mushrooms. Like, mm. isn't it? So you could just drop in more if you need to. Um, and then now it's almost like you kind of get you can get people that are completely invincible, or you can pick up mechanics all the time. We can keep even more and get them in the screen on the game. So it's almost like they made it a lot more accessible and easier for everybody. I tell you what, I just thought like because and this kind of goes back to the other um, other pub when I was talking about Pursuit Force because you could go and unlock cheats and stuff like mm. that. And I've been playing a few things recently where you can unlock cheats. But you've got to be good at it to unlock yeah. them. But it'll be things like invincibility, invisibility, etc., etc., etc. Is it me, or perhaps is one of the big developments nowadays? Some bright spark realised that actually those cheats from back in the day make really good accessibility options yeah. now, yeah. and they're just making them more available to that more people. Is a great thought. Yeah, that's a yeah. It's like you've got an exploder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and instead of like having to. You know, go through and, and meet some kind of obscene requirement to mm. to get it. Yeah. They've just gone. You know what? It's, have the have it now. on the option. You can turn it on and off when you like. Mm. Um, but it means that you know you can get however mm. many other people involved. Well, and it gives you so much more. Like you say, that gives you so much more of a gradient of you don't just have easy, medium, hard. You have just a variety of how you want to play the game. And like you yeah. say, it just opens up so many different avenues. Like if you want to just spam a game on invisible and like do something stupid to like the enemy for whatever reason mm. and that's like you can do that um so yeah that's definitely something that i think is a, a lot better now or you know it depends on who you are but i mean i, I feel like i i like having that variation on, on yeah that theme, oh, no, i doing. think it's great yeah. um and uh, another thing was just a notice was like how long the game was almost mm. as well which i know comes with how much you can fit on a cartridge but you know, I looked at it. I think Donkey Kong Country's forty levels. Um, Super Mario Wii was like seventy-five levels you could have in in completion, and Mario Wonders a hundred and fifty. You know, it's just like so. You're talking about a massive amount of game that you get for the same amount of money you paid for a mm. game back then. Um, and again, I know that is the constraints of what the system used to be able to do. Mm. But at the same time, it just feels like you just get more bang for your buck nowadays as well. Even though, yeah. again, I don't want to. I, I keep trying to think of the way to come back to say, but Donkey Kong Country is still amazing. It's just you know, I'm glad that they have evolved how they have evolved. Um, you know, and 
the last thing was, and this is talking about accessibility, was um, multiplayer experience as well. So yeah. on Donkey Kong Country, and this is what made me think about this whole process in the first place, was that you, so you can't have true multiplayer on there. You can have competitive races. And I remember the same was for Sonic 2, for example. Yeah. That is in, so, oh, you can kind of be that second character for like a second and stuff. Mm. That is in, so you could like do a little bit as Tails, but not really. And you can do a little, you could do be a second person on Donkey Kong Country, but you can only swap in. That is in, so you can't actually play multiplayer. Right. Um, you know, whereas then you went to the process of like 2009, you could have up to four people playing, mm. um, you know, and it, it just like, that was like a big sort of thing where it was, you know, and that, but then one thing that I've noticed when I've been playing that, um, that Wii version is that, and this is one thing that's really annoying about multiplayer and they, I think they've got it right now is that you we're all trying to share a screen and mm. no one was the lead and it was almost like so you could get knocked off or if you're trying to play with your six-year-old son for example yeah. like as in like you could sometimes leave him behind and the screen doesn't really follow anybody and it's almost like it's really annoying and, and the amount of times that i have not not rightly or wrongly but been like oh no stop stop no you're going too fast or whatever you know you're gonna get yourself in trouble or whatever or you know come on hurry up and things whereas now with mario wonder like for example, you get the crown to wear and you can yeah. change that crown just by popping yourself and then you don't really die, you become a ghost and you can come back, you don't lose a life. Like, lives aren't anything anymore. No, not anymore, no. And it's just like, um, but you come back and then the person who, so you can have your adult, if you will, leading the party and kind of dragging your infants along if you want to, or people who are, you know, lesser skilled or whatever, um, or spending more time looking at the scenery. You can kind of have somebody dragging the party along a lot easier. Yeah. And that, again, that's had a bit of an evolution point where it's like you couldn't really play a multiplayer, com- you know, like cooperatively to you could, but it was still quite difficult to sort of do that with four people on the same screen to now where actually it feels a heck of a lot easier. It still has some sort of, you know, kinks and stuff to work out but then it makes it easy it's like oh, it doesn't matter if you've been dragged off screen because you're going to die but actually you just come back and fly into each other and then you can become the party again and it's just sort of I mean, there's a really good point though yeah. because like we we had that when um we were playing one of the mario games um where you could do the multiplayer but you could also bounce off of each other's heads and stuff like that mm. and initially that that was that yes. kind of oh this is great fun yeah. but then you're both trying to do the same jump at the same time because yeah. you're an equal kind That's of the, a skill level and yeah, it's yeah. really irritating yeah. whereas i think on wonder you just go through each you go other through each which other, works yeah. so much better yeah. because everybody can just kind of play their own game but at the yeah. same time in the same place yeah. um and it yeah you're right it it's it, those sorts of little tweaks where clearly someone sat down and gone Oh, actually, no. We can make this more accessible for more people, and and make a multiplayer experience that's more fun for more people. Yeah, and it just, and I just want to get to the point where, like, it, I feel like both games are amazing, set thirty years apart, um, <clears throat> but uh, they they just have different ways of being played. Yeah, um, and but that doesn't mean that they can't both be great, really. Yeah. Um, so, with all that said, then, um, you mm. know, I'm gonna. Stop talking and waxing lyrical about all these two D <laughs> platformers of Nintendo that I never had as a child. Um, what What are you thinking, thinking score wise? Um, I am. Um, I mean, obviously, you have the hindsight of being able to play the game yourself as well. And... Yeah, but not nearly as much as you. It must be said. Like I, um, I, I struggle with Donkey Kong Country. Um, I, I just can't ever seem to make much headway on it. Um, I. Think play too much Lion King, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, too too bloody hardcore. Um, 
I am going to go from what you have said. I am going to go with nine. Okay. Um, and I am putting it on the spreadsheet now. Yeah, cool. I mean, I feel comfortable with that. Um, I never really like like when I came in here with Super Mario World. I was like, I've really got a real cl clear cut feel of where this goes. Um, it was obviously going to be quite high up, but I wasn't. You know, I. I was like, this could range anywhere from, uh, any genuinely from a ten to a seven and a half. So, mm. should, so they'd call it an eight. Do you know what I mean? Like, as in, it, it could, yeah. And I didn't have a lot of bad things to say about this game. I felt like it was just hard in parts, but, um, you know, like I said, I don't think it was cheap hard. I think it was just be you be better hard. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, cool. Thank cool. you for indulging in the conversation with me though. I, did, I, I didn't know where I was kind of going to go with it, but I just, I felt like I had something yeah, <laughs> globular yeah. of, look how much platforms have changed over the last 30 years. Let's talk about it. And it was like, you know, we kind of got there somewhere in the end. That's, I'm glad you said that because I have a kind of a similar situation <laughs> on my hands. We're covered in so much glob. This is the, it's a very globby <laughs> episode. Um, right. So, <laughs> um, I recently um, picked up an N64, yeah. right? Um, and I was like, great, I can finally review WWF No Mercy. <laughs> Excellent. It's The Royal Rumble has just happened. Mm. Great. Um, slight miscalculation in that the timings haven't worked out, so I haven't been able to spend much time with it. So I was like, great, what the hell am I going to talk about? <laughs> Um, now, when I got this N64, um, I got it off of um, Amazon, of all places. Mm. Um, and in the listing, um, it's a, a retailer that I've used quite a few times before when I was buying like Game Boy Advance games and stuff like that. Um, in the listing, they um, it was billed originally as you know N64 with Mario. Um, and then it was the sort of thing that, you know, Someone puts a listing that's kind of close to what you're actually selling, yeah. <laughs> and then you put your thing on, but you have to caveat it quite heavily. So they put on their listing, comes with free game, not Mario. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. But that, that <clears throat> price is, is good. I, yeah. I, I will take a punt. Like, let's, <laughs> let's see what happens. Um, that's great. And so seductive, <laughs> it, indeed. Um, and as was the uh, the offer on Amazon, um, <laughs> as was Candy Con. <laughs> and, and so it turned up. Um, and the game they had sent was Carmageddon sixty four. Oh, right, okay. And I was like, "Why is that ringing a bell? That is that is ringing a bell, and not just a bell. That's ringing fucking alarm bells." <laughs> and I realised what it was. It was because I remembered it taking an absolute beating from mm -hmm. N64 magazine. And N64 magazine, and I know we've talked about Retro Gamer a lot, N64 magazine was where I started, right? Yeah. That was the first one that I got regularly. I don't think I had a subscription. I would just mm. make a point of getting it yeah. um, every month. Um, and it kind of got me thinking about, you know, magazines in general and kind of like you've just had with platform games and the kind of then and the now, mm -hmm. I've kind of got a magazine-based then and now. <laughs> um, so I am doing two games very, very quickly. Cool. Um, first of all, I will do the good one first. <laughs> um, so Retro Gamer, um, in their kind of future classics section, mm. recently talked about Suica Game, um, which is um, on Switch for about £3 or something like that. Okay. 
Um, and I think it's like it's from some no-name developer who make like projectors or something like that. And this was meant to be like a built-in game for a projector or something. They just ported it to the Switch and it just took off. Yeah. Um, basically, you play a happy little cloud dropping fruit into a big like container, um, and you have to pair the fruits up. Each time you get a pair of them, they disappear and become a bigger fruit. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of build up. When you get a couple of watermelons together, they disappear and you get the space back and a nice big bonus, right? Yeah. Um, and it's a, got a very jaunty tune. It's got bright colours. It's got happy little sound effects. And it is addictive as hell. <laughs> it's so good. I, you, the I, Retro Gamers right up hit the nail on the head where they said that the, there's no like time pressure. It's not like on Tetris or something like that where stuff's falling all the mm. time and you have to manage that. You choose when you drop something, yeah. But all of the fruit below is physics based, so sometimes it'll like roll or it'll bounce oh, or cool. it'll shift, and so sometimes the the better bet is to actually wait and just let everything below kind of sort itself out, and yeah. you can end up with these big chains going off. But when you get bits of fruit combining, it has this almost not like a shockwave effect, but there's a it, other things move, and sometimes if it's really really full, you can end up getting a game over because the fruit that was around the thing that just combined gets fired out of the top of it and stuff uh, like that. Um, so like you, you've got to be a little bit careful and the kind of the tension of it comes from that space management rather mm. than the the speed or anything like that. And so Sorry. in theory, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> it's just like, how excited you said they were like, like space management. Space <laughs> management. It's genuinely like I cannot encourage you enough to just go and buy it. Might right, do it right just now. try it. While well, you're talking, <laughs> there's a bunch of um, like clones that got bought out on mobile, apparently, according to Retro Gamer and stuff mm. like that. None of them have quite the same sort of physics, yeah. apparently. Um, Sweeka game. Were I Nintendo, right, and I was thinking about making a Switch two sometime in the next couple of years. I would seriously, okay. seriously be looking at Sweeka game and going, mm. "How can we do something with that?" Mm. Or like license it out or, or something and yeah and yeah. build it into the console like you know put a, a vertical orientation yeah. mode in there so you can Tetris play it on the, the side and, <laughs> like yeah like i i would seriously be thinking about it because it's that simple but effective approach mm. and like you were saying with platformers retro gamer said the same thing where you know since tetris mm. and the kind of falling block kind of yeah yeah you know matching puzzle game field mm. Somehow, this feels like an innovation, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and, a, and a, a strong variation on that theme. Mm. Um, so yeah, that that was a, a, a great little recommendation mm. in print. Cool. Um, N64 magazine mm. <laughs> to go back a ways. <laughs> the disc um, recommendation of on, Calm Again. on Calm Again 64. <laughs> so I thought of various ways I could approach this, um, and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to read you the review. Right, it's relatively <laughs> short. Um, it's by a chap called Tim Weaver, who, according to Wikipedia, is a successful crime fiction author nowadays. Um, so <laughs> the uh, the point is that um, the man can string a sentence together, right? Um, so, um, Carmageddon 64, this one sneaked into the shops, can't imagine why. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, 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 after months of delays and then a decidedly dodgy preview copy, Carmageddon 64 arrives in the N64 office a whole day before its release. And wouldn't you know, it's absolutely astonishingly awful. Mm-hmm. The very concept of Carmageddon is a boat-sized duffer anyway. Mow down innocent pedestrians for points, but if ever, uh, if there was ever a plus point to the PC original and its sequel, 
which is where this shambles is supposedly converted from, it was its bone-crunching needlessness, where pedestrians met with a thumping end of the front of your bumper, body parts scattered and blood splashed about. Not a thinking man's driving game, but entertaining enough. Entertaining, however, is not a word you could apply to Carmageddon 64. Inept, repulsive, and crap, definitely, <laughs> but never entertaining. In fact, the nearest C64 comes to entertainment is when you switch off your N64, douse the cart in petrol, and set it alight. Wow. Forgoing pedestrians for hilariously animated zombies who appear to have wooden legs and who inexplicably dissolve when you drive into them, C64 is an unbelievable concoction. The handling is shocking, with huge turning circles preventing you from ever taking sharp bends. And sharp turn on Z button... Um, which doesn't so much as turn you as send you spinning in full circles. When you hit a wall or the tiniest piece of scenery, you're sent flying into the air, San Francisco rush style, and this is where C64 unthinkably gets worse. When you land, because there's no track map and the courses are so large, you have absolutely no idea where you are or what which way you need to go to get back into the race. Subsequently, you spend at least a third of your time completely lost. Graphically, C64 is woeful, looking like the sort of rubbish third parties were uh, wheeling out three years ago, while the AI is stupefying. Watch in horror as you drive up a hill and CPU cars just roll backwards past you, <laughs> or your opponents hit a wall and then accelerate into it for the rest of the game. <laughs> or the handling sends you skidding into a barrier where a CPU car then crashes into your side and stays there, preventing you from moving until the time clock finally runs out. We thought this might be moderately good fun. We were very, very wrong. <laughs> um, I, I won't go into all of the extra bits around the edges, but basically, yeah, like an, an absolute dumpster fire. Um, the, the experience I had with it um, was not far off. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I, I think I got on slightly better with it because, um, I mean, it took me a while to work out, but there was like a little kind of scanner radar thing in one corner and it, I, I eventually worked out that the blue blob was the next checkpoint I should be going to but like the review says there's no way of saying how you get there just, yeah. and, and even like you know the the idea is you can race or you could mow down zombies and stuff like that so you know there's a kill counter but at the same time you're against the clock and you can try and ram into the enemies and stuff like that and it kind of feels like it's doing too much at the same time it's, yeah. it's not a racing game it's not a demolition derby game it's not a you know, a zombie mowing down simulator. It's trying to be all of them at the same time and Ooh. it fails all, on all fronts. Um, and when it says about the tiniest piece of scenery, that includes hills that are in the track, right? You could be going over a jump and, and hit the roof of a you know tunnel that you're meant to be going into. Yeah. And then you come out the other end and you end up doing a backflip because the, the, <laughs> the ramp out of the tunnel is slightly too steep. And yeah. Stuff like that. You can drive along the bottom of a river don't know why. why um, there's a recovery button, and it it will put you back somewhere vaguely sensible. But it, it's the still, game menu. <laughs> well, <laughs> it may as well. The N64 um, menu. <laughs> it, it tries to put a story in it, but it's just a a, a text blurb with really dense text, um, and you know the, that's kind of it. Mm. I'm pretty sure the menus have slowed down from looking at them. Like you go between options, menus, and. The, the animations on the bits of menu <laughs> coming onto the screen slow down. Um, I, it, it's, it is genuinely and bafflingly like put together. Mm. Um, and I, I, I think without a hint of irony, it is 
very probably the worst game I've ever played in my entire existence. Wow. It's just, like, and I know I ragged on Call of Duty when, when I was talking about that. Um, that had some semblance of, of something. something. <laughs> this, nothing. It, mm. it flatlines. I've already got rid of it. It's already gone down to CES. Oh, has it? Like, I, yeah. I was going like, to say, is this not one of these games that if you kept it for ages, it'd become one of those cult well, classics, right? It's funnily like... enough, you know, we were talking about the um, the retro game fair mm-hmm. um, the other time. Um, I spotted somebody selling Carmageddon 64 for a tenner. Whoa. And I turned around to my wife as we were leaving the store. I was like, anybody that's selling that game for that much needs their head examined. <laughs> like, it is, it is legitimately terrible. Um, and I, I, yeah... I, in fact, right, actual shit. <laughs> yeah, this is the thing, right? I'm. It's so bad. I'm not even angry with it. Mm. Like, and that's not even a. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. I feel nothing <laughs> about this game. Like, it, it it is just so objectively bad. And I know I I bang on all the time about not doing objective reviews because I can't. Like, this is objectively and demonstrably terrible like and and i i'm i'm weirdly glad i had the experience of playing with it i hope to christ i never have this to play is the it again remember you put the pillow over the face <laughs> <laughs> just switch off the machine <laughs> help yourself to sleep quietly into the sweet hereafter <laughs> like it yeah it, it's um i i think on one level i'm I, I'm glad that I have experienced this connection to a magazine from my youth. And that's nice, yeah. And that that's is cool. nice. Um, and I'm I'm kind of... It, it weirdly feels like a bucket list item that I never knew needed ticking off mm. until I ticked it off within about five minutes of turning <laughs> the game on and then turning it off again. Um, and yeah, like it, it's, it was one of those things that between that and Suica game, I, I had that realisation of like, actually, like when you have... A, a print review mm. that is accurate <laughs> yeah. and, and well put together, like how much of a lasting impact it can have. Mm-hmm. And all these late years later, just seeing Carmageddon 64 in that box and having that little chuckle to myself going like, Oh, I know you. Um, it, you know, it's great I, that you remembered that though. Like, yeah, is it, well, I think it was the, I remember the name of, Calm again, but I don't. I knew nothing about it. So I, I checked, and I, at least according to Wikipedia, they reckoned that it was N sixty four magazine's worst reviewed game for mm. several years. Forever, uh, <laughs> it may have been forever. Um, but the point is, like, even for regular readers of the magazine who didn't see the review at the time, mm. it got mentioned again yeah. frequently as the yardstick against which other mm. shit games were measured. Mm. Um, and so it, it definitely had kind of legs yeah. if you like as a kind of not quite a running joke but like it had an impact for for all the wrong reasons yeah. um so yeah like it, it's I'm, I'm i'm glad i played it i will gladly never play it again mm-hmm. so um objectively yeah then um you you gotta give that game a zero out of ten if that's the worst game you've ever played um, do you not? Like, I mean, I'm I'm giving you a little bit of a, a an opportunity here to say, is there any redeeming features whatsoever? Because if there is at least one, I'll go for a one out of ten. But if there's none at all, <laughs> like you know. So when I was when I was looking into it, I think again Wikipedia reckoned that at least on maybe on the PC version, it might have been on Carmageddon, the original one. But like I'm maybe more involved in the soundtrack. They're nowhere near this. Like okay. I don't know what the soundtrack's doing on this. It. There's something. Yeah. There's something. Um, 
so it's globular. The the game itself, no. no, 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 no redeeming features from what I could see. Um, the the rede- the overarching redeeming feature for me is that link to the magazine. I was going to say the um, fact that it, it has it is now the yardstick for the worst N sixty four game ever, or we think that it is. That is, it feels like almost. Like, you know, so I feel so, like there should be three reviews here. One for Sweet Game, one for Camagen 64, and one for Gaming Magazine, <laughs> which is a generic... Gaming show. Magazine is great. It's a general, like, is it? But do you know what I mean? Like, so, shall I, shall I go through N64 Magazine's score rundown for you? Yeah, yeah, go for just, it. Just for the crack. Yeah, why not, yeah. So, they, they did pluses and minuses. <laughs> they, they did pluses and minuses, if you like this, and then they kind of did visuals and sound and all that mm. kind of stuff. Um, so, pluses and minuses. Pluses. Move along now, nothing to see here. <laughs> Minuses. The worst handling we've ever seen. Hilariously incompetent AI. No track maps. Dissolving zombies with wooden legs. Useless weapons. There are weapons in this game? Um, fuzzy graphics. If you like this, Vigilante 8. Um, or, in fact, any game ever made. But this is similarly themed. Mm. Um, so, the scores. Um, visuals, 2 out of 10. Mm. Disgracefully fuzzy. Sounds, 2 out of 10. The zombies sound like they're laughing, and the music's the usual substandard muck. Mastery, one. No apparent handling, laugh-out-loud computer AI, and a technical monstrosity. Lifespan, one. Ten minutes. Um, (laughs) Which, incidentally, I I probably got maybe about half an hour out of it. Um, Verdict, a shocking travesty. If you see Carmageddon 64 in the shops, take it off the shelves, rip up the box, and throw the cart repeatedly against the wall until it breaks. (laughs) It got eight percent. Wow! Okay, out of hundred. So in our so, scoring system, yeah. that is less than one. Yeah. Um, so it's near a one, though, isn't it? It's like it's nearly one. Yeah. Like, I'm, I, I think we should try and put it in in the old bargain bin, not in a bargain, like the, whatever the shit bargain bin that isn't a bargain. Zero. <laughs> Get in the zero out of ten category. Rack that bad boy yeah, up. I'm more it. interested in squeaker game. Squeaker, 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 squeaker game. Um. Because I'm interested in seeing that. It's like, what do so? Lumines, 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 two, um, or like the the, what the remaster on the Switch. I think last year we gave that what, like an eight, I think something like that. There yeah. were about yeah. And this feels like it could be an even like the, the evolution step we're talking about, even on even on that. I mean, I don't know. You said it's extremely I mean, addictive, and you would you would pack you would go as far as say that it would be the perfect packing game for the Switch too. So I I know what score I would give Sweeker Game mm. in a heartbeat, right? Um, and I it's a real crying shame that you can't give it that score. No, I know. <laughs> but like, but I think the for the the price it is, and for the the quality of the gameplay mm. that you get from it. And like, the, it's got a music track, one music track, it, and it very obviously loops. Mm. But it's a jaunty tune. Yeah, it's and great. And you, you yeah. catch yourself like whistling it and stuff like that. Yeah. And it just drills into your skull. And, and it ticks so many boxes mm-hmm. that Tetris did. Yeah. And that that's the kind of level we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. It, it falls for me in a very similar vein. Um, where it, it sets out to do one thing, one thing alone, mm-hmm. and it does it very well. It's got, like, it'll track your daily scores and stuff like that, um, and it'll 
track them. Um, it can do your online scoreboards as well and all that kind of stuff. So if you want to do some high score chasing, you can. Mm -hmm. Personally, I only ever do the the ones that are tracking my score. I when I'm playing it, I won't go in and play it once. I will play it at least three times yeah. because that will fill out my my three highest yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. And then it can start to slot in, and it will track your all time high score as well. Mm. Um, and which I've never beaten from like the second time of playing it and stuff like that, but it's always there. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, one of these days I'm going to bloody get you. Um, and, but it, what it, a threat. But it taps into that part of me as well, yeah. that kind of score chaser yeah, yeah. Um, thing, despite the fact that once you drop some of those fruits, you have very little control. Well, you've got no control over what happens. You might be able to use the physics to bounce a couple of strawberries mm. into each other or whatever, but that's about as much control as you have. Yeah. And when you think you know what's going to happen, something else will happen that, mm. that throws it all out of whack. So there's that kind of unpredictability to it as well, which mm. is, is um, it, it's never frustrating. Cool. Um, because you can just flick it on again really, really quickly. No loading times or anything like that. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I strongly encourage you to give it a go. Solid nine. Sweet. Solid nine. I can't, you know, that was wonderful. For that, little, that it was a really nice little quick review, and yes, I, you know, for what it sounds like, very much value for money. I'd be, I'd be very much into that. So, you know, you can't beat that sort of uh, recommendation that you'd think. You know, I personally will ring up Mister Nintendo and tell him <laughs> to pack it into his next console. I, I it's really popular think game. I, I would be shocked if Nintendo didn't do something similar. Something, now yeah. that they've seen it, yeah. Um. So, I, I'm not trying to have the last word here, but um, I forgot to put this into the Donkey Kong country part of it, but it's really good. And again, we seem to always fall into these lovely little sort of rhythms and routines between us, like accidentally. Like, so you want to talk about video game reviews through magazines and the evolution of that would be someone talking about a game on subreddit. And sure. the, I, I wanted to say how effusive this person was about Donkey Kong country. And I took a, uh, a screenshot of it a little while ago. Uh, just going to read it out. Um, so uh, two months ago, uh, the absolute best game I've ever played, literally the perfect platformer soundtrack, 10 out of 10. I could literally listen to Donkey Kong country soundtrack all day long and while sleeping, to be honest, but really now, <laughs> Now, I cannot think of a single negative to this entire game. I love the art style for every single thing in the game. The island is beautiful. The controls are super smooth and easy to learn. This game, and Super Mario World in part, got me addicted to the SNES and gaming in general. Rare and Nintendo achieve perfection here. Everything is 10 out of 10. Nothing could make me not like this game. Two slammers, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Any person, gamer or not, should pick up this game. That was the sentence I wanted to get there. Any <laughs> gamer or not a gamer. Force it upon other people. It's it it absolutely the best game I've ever played. And I can assure you, it's mostly not because of nostalgia I'm saying this. Did I mention the soundtrack to this game is amazing? Question mark. Like, but... I just love that bit where it's like, you don't like gaming, you should fucking get this game. Like, what a game. But yeah, you know, anyone can review anything nowadays, it seems. You know? Yeah. But, but yeah, no, that was that was a a good little round out of, um, you know, and I'm sure we'll get, we've, we've kind of talked about sort of, you know, gaming books and magazines and stuff, and we've done our own retro gamer pods before, and we'll probably get into it a little bit more. Um, last thought is that, I'm still catching up on retro game at the moment. Mm. I'm like three episodes, three episodes <laughs> behind, and um, yeah, I I'm on the Atari. Did you say twenty six hundred plus or two thousand six hundred? You can't say two thousand six hundred, no, surely twenty six hundred plus. Yeah. Um, 
And I'm seriously thinking about getting one. With it. Yeah, so I'll talk to you after the pod about that and whether I've lost my mind and I'm thinking <laughs> about Candy Kong too much or, you know, I should get an Atari. So, uh, yeah, thank you for listening, guys, and we will see you next time. Cheers.